0: We do want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Perhaps you're listening on our podcast. We want to uh, thank you for being a part of this family. We consider you that. And if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Would you put your hands together and welcome our online viewers and listeners this morning. I'm going to go way off the notes today just because I want to bless you with that. Uh, I feel the Lord stirring some things that I want to encourage you with. I want this to be a series where when you walk out those doors, you're filled with hope internally to understand that we're supposed to carry hope outside of this room to a lost and dying world that desperately needs it, that's desperately struggling. I woke up this morning. It's my habit, and don't read into uh, this is not a political statement, so don't read into this, but I turned on Fox News this morning just because that's my new station of choice. And I listened to the reports that were on there. And uh, I saw that there is tremendous anxiety that they're reporting because of this new variant, which is called Omicron. Omicron. And so uh, then I flipped on to CNN because uh, I like to go back and forth. Um, and uh, I saw again where they actually changed the word from anxiety to straight up fear. And then I switched to MSNBC and they switched the, uh, the, the word, and they called this something else. There is a lot of fear that is going on right now about a virus. Everybody say a virus. Okay. How many of you know that in biblical times, there were lepers with a very contagious disease that would make your basically things just fall off your body? This was incredibly contagious. This was incredibly risky. It, w- it, would, it, would, it would inflict death almost immediately in some cases. But Jesus not only went into those situations fearless, but laid hands on them and saw them recover. How many of you know that in the day we're living in, we need some Christians that have the constitution and the backbone that rather than being in fear, go, we have the victory. And not only Declare and talk about the fact that we have the victory, but lay hands on the sick and then see God impart his power. And how many of you know we don't do miracles, God does. But the greatest form of evangelism in the day that we're living in will be a demonstration of the supernatural power of God. Where are you going with this? What I'm saying is there's a generation that's walking the face of the earth today that does not want to hear about God, they want you to introduce me to this man. Show me, don't snow me. Introduce me to a God who's really here, or I don't want in on this. Can I tell you all I agree with this generation? Show me God, or I want out. Show me a move of your spirit, or I don't want anything to do with this. i got to be honest with you. I'm pastoring a church, planted this church two years ago. Can I tell you all, I am sick of church. Sick of it. You go, well, why would you plan a church if you're sick of church? I'm sick of powerless church. If we don't open up the doors and see the dead raised and the sick recover, I don't want anything to do with the game of church. And if you've been in church any length of time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't have time for politics I don't have time for division. I don't have time for the, the production of church. You'll notice in this church, we have no moving lights. You'll notice I don't have a fogger. <laughs> you, you'll notice I don't have any of those things. You go, well, yeah, you're in that church planning stage. Don't worry, brother, it'll happen. I'm not so sure it will. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I love atmospheres, and I'm not picking on any church that has that. What I'm saying is we've lost the reality of why we're here and what are we doing if we're not chasing after the power of God. If your haze, pastor, is more important than the presence, you're missing the mark. Haze is fog, by the way, for those of you that didn't know that. If your lights and your production... And you're our service. we got to get out of here. Oh, my God, it's 1130. I'm starving. i got to get out of the room. No, no, no. How many of you know when God falls, I, listen, y'all can go if you need to, but I'm going to stay and sit under the glory when it's happening. When there's people getting healed, how many of you know when God starts showing up and doing things because we're seeking him, which by the way, when you knock on the door, he answers. When you start to do that stuff, how many of you know there will be crowds that will line up out of the door to get in here to see what is going on? You go, why are you yelling? I, I don't know. I'm just really super excited about the fact that I know that we're living in an hour That it's, guys, this is a matter of life and death. You go, well, where do I fit in this whole thing? Here's where you fit. I know I'm talking about vision, but here's where you fit. Here's what you need to do when you leave here today. And I'm doing this right now. You need to check yourself and check your holiness and make sure That you're living holy before a living God who desperately wants to move through you. But who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Him and her with clean hands and a pure heart. Right? So what that means is, if I want to get past the gifting. I play piano. I've given this illustration before. Into the anointing which takes me above and beyond my ability. Which, by the way, when you see healing, that's not your ability. That's God's ability working through you. Because he rewards those that seek him with diligence. And allows you to ascend the hill of the Lord when you have clean hands and a pure heart. And I was asked the question this week by a young person. Can can sin... Keep me out of the fullness of the anointing of God where he moves through me. Like, can God still heal people through me when I have sin in my life? I said, let me say it to you like this. If you have to ask that question, it's because you're concerned that maybe it wouldn't, right? I'm just going to see Just chew on that right there. Why would you want to, re- see, I don't want to get in by the skinny, skin skin of my teeth, and I get into heaven, and I'm in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I have this Burger King paper crown, because I was just, I just barely got it. See, I don't want to, I want my crown, when I throw it at the feet of Jesus, to thump and all of heaven go, my God, where did that low end come from? That's what I'm looking for. I want the jewels in my crown, which I'm not even going to talk about here. I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to negate those things. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it from a position of pride, but I want to serve the king of, you know, last night, it's funny. I was in here and, you know, we're in the sexy church planning stage where I vacuum the room. Um, You know, it's like when my, when, when, when they call the church, if you call the church number, it's like, yeah, uh, hello, this is Adam. Can I uh, talk to the pastor speaking? That's where we're at. (laughs) That's where we're at. And, 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 you know, there, there were times like in the first two years, I used to pray that it would ring like, Lord, just let the phone ring. But we're in this unique moment, guys, where I, I, I've listened, I've led worship at 5,000 member churches before. But I am feeling more fulfilled in this moment because I am experiencing the supernatural power of God that I don't care what the crowd looks like. I am excited about the fact that there is a living God in this room that has liberty to move as he pleases. Y'all are not admitting me this morning. I hope somebody just wakes up. I want to stir you up this morning. If you're listening online, whatever day of the week it is, I want to stir you up that you understand that the presence of God and the power of God is accessible to you. You go, well, I have sin in my life. I'm pretty sure scripture says that when we repent and turn from our ways, he forgives us of our sin. He wipes the slate clean. So you want to see God move and you're concerned that he won't move because of sin in your life? Go ahead and repent and he washes it all from you and then... Just like that, you can, you can experience the anointing and the power of God that moves through a vessel that he calls clean. Is that not exciting, anybody in here? Yeah. So last week, we talked about Jeremiah 29, 11 out of the NIV. And I, I just want to read this to you again. This is the Lord, for I know the plans that I have for you. This is God speaking to you, declares the Lord. Plans. To prosper, everybody say prosper. prosper, and not harm you. Plans to give you hope, say hope, hope, in a future. Do you know what I was reading on the news this morning when it said, oh, anxiety about, what are they calling it? Um, I don't know why I can't get that in my mind. I don't care, that corona thing. What they are saying is the enemy's trying to kill hope for your future. What does he want the church to do? He wants the church to sit home, isolated, which by the way, we're not designed to be isolated. We're designed for community. That's right. Read your Bible. That's right. We're designed for community. I wish they didn't call it social distancing. I wish they called it something different than social di- I don't believe in social distancing. I believe in distancing physically, maybe physical distancing. I believe in that when somebody's, and we have, we had a couple people here that wanted to come. And I was like, you know what? I would appreciate it if you just physically distanced, but stay on the phone with me because I love you. Like, I want to talk to you. It, it, let's not be stupid. stay let's let's stay home when we're not feeling well. Let's use wisdom there. But at the same time, we were designed for community, and where I'm going with all this is to say what the enemy's trying to do is once he distances you from community and from people who challenge and provoke you to holiness and righteousness and hope, the enemy knows he can he can get an, an advance there on your mind. He can get an advance there on your heart. He knows that, but how many of you know that, that Right now, we're not going to allow hope to be snuffed out because we are not going to be in fear. We are going to be a people of hope and a people of life and we're going to declare it until we see it and not be moved by what we see in the natural. Right. So in, uh, you go, So, is this a message on faith or vision? Uh, is there a difference? Can I ask you, is there a difference? If you don't have faith, you'll never get to the vision. Because what it looks like in the natural, you'll, you'll never get there in your own strength. This is, we got to open the door. The first thing you got to understand in January of 2022 is you've got to open the door for God to do what only God can do. So that only he gets the credit when it's done. God gets the credit for only what he can do. Only God can do this. That's the testimony I want, is it looked impossible. I want to say this. If what you're penning down and you're writing down is your vision for 2022 is possible for you to do it in your own strength, it's not big enough. I'm believing God this year for Hope Covenant Church just to let you in on the vision because the corporate vision affects our personal vision. The corporate vision of this church, when we come collectively as a body it affects our personal vision, because if you're a member to the body, if you're a member to the church, what the church collectively is trying to do, you'll probably tailor your personal vision and go, okay, I'm a part of this, I'm a part of the body, I'm a I'm a finger, or I'm an arm, I'm a leg, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an integral part of this thing. And so as I'm seeking God, I want to seek God and how I can, we're, we're no God, we're find freedom, we're... we're, we're discovering our purpose and then we go out and we make a difference and in order to do that to make a difference part we kind of have to form our personal visions and then we come together and what you hear about corporately this church is talking about that affects what you're going to do on a personal level does that make sense and so i I believe really really strong this year as i've been seeking god that he was he's been really burdening on my heart Outside these walls, he wants to do some supernatural things that they'll then come in. And I'm believing, God, that we're going to grow and we're going to have to go to two services this year. I'm believing that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Give God a shout out, praise. That's good. I'm believing that. I'm believing, God, that at the end of this year that we're so uncomfortable in this room that we have to get a bigger one. And can I say this? God's going to have to give us a bigger one. I'm not going to have to get anything. You're going to bring it to me. That's what happened with this room. I didn't go chasing it. It actually chased me. It's unbelievable. And use some families and community in this church to help open that door. And I'm forever grateful for that. Look at God knows what he's doing. Man makes his plans, but then God breathes and he ordains them. And he makes happen the impossible. God makes the impossible possible. And that's what I believe he's doing this year. You go, well, I don't know if I believe that. I understand because I remember just last year, around this time, going, we didn't have this building this time last year, going, God, I'm stepping out in faith, and I'm waiting for you to come alongside, and I'm waiting for you to do something in the natural. I'll declare faith as long as you want, but, Lord, I'm about at my wits, and you need to move. You go, well, were you demanding from God? I, I I was really at a point where I was like at the end. How many of you know when you're at the end, God knows that and he moves? He hears hearts of desperation and he responds to it. God is not a mean God that's hanging you out there to dry. He's going he's to meet you, but he's doing a work of character in you when you don't see it to completion, but he completes it. And I'm going to read that in scripture. In Proverbs 29 verse 18, it says, Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. You might know that verse is, where there's no vision, people perish. I gave you three things last week, and I'm just recapping a little bit. that this is, These are questions we all need to ask ourselves, and I know many of you weren't here, so I just want to repeat it. That number one is, God, what do you want to do in me? Like, What are you wanting to work on in my heart? God, what do you want to do through me? That's the second one. How do you want to use my story to reach others? And then third is, God, what do you want to do with me? Like, what area am I most impactful for your kingdom purposes? But listen to this. Habakkuk 2, verse, uh, verses 2 to 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, write down the vision. Everybody say, write down the vision. And I encourage you to do that last week and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. And I'm reading this again, even though I read this last week, because repetition is revelation. And I really want you to get this at the end of that verse. It says, because surely it will come. It will not tarry. That doesn't sound like a question mark. It sounds like a statement. In other words, the vision that God's put in you that you might feel like you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know that in the waiting, what happens, Isaiah says that in the waiting, that's where we're renewed. Why do we get exhausted in the waiting instead of renewed? Because oftentimes we're doing it in our timing and our strength and not God's. And so maybe what God's doing, and if you're taking notes, write this down, that he's trying to squeeze all of the flesh out of us, that there's only spirit. That's what he was doing with me this time last year. I'm going, God, I need a building. Lord, I need people. And then I run into the Edwards at Carrabba's. And Aiden's staring at me, and it's getting creepy. And his dad's going, stop staring at him. Because I know him. Do you know that God used Aiden, who's sitting right there, to connect me with the Edwards family? If Aiden hadn't been glaring at me like that, well, I don't know that y'all he would even paid attention. I don't know. I think it was Aiden. I give Aiden the credit anyway, y'all. What up, Aiden? What up? So prophetic. Aiden sees this guy that used to lead worship at his church at the time, and then. Y'all connect me in another dinner. I'm just sharing with you the story with uh, Graydon and Kinnett. And Graydon happens to know the 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 pastor who pastored in here previously in this in this room that ends up connecting me with the landlord, and that's how all this building stuff happened. I didn't know that one day. And y'all, we were in such a bad mood that when Liz said I want to go to Carabas, I'm, like, I'm not really in that mood. Do y'all know what that is? It's called flesh. Yeah. And she said, Babe, I love carabas. Get in the mood. How many of you don't thank God for the wife that says, get in the right mood? She corrects my mood and we're sitting there and the rest is history and we're sitting in this room. But I could have stayed in my flesh and said, no, I'm the man of the house. We are not going to Carabas." Two things would have gone wrong. (laughs) Number one, my marriage. And number two, this building that you're sitting in. Think about how. How incredibly important it is when God speaks to be obedient in those moments. You don't want to miss it. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And there's going to be a part three of this message, but I want to encourage you with this being sure of what you hope for some of y'all might not be sure of what it is that you're supposed to do this year we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting right now we just completed a week of it and there's guides that we're going to hand out if you weren't here last week to get them to kind of help you each day in what to pray for and just some some direction for us in prayer but maybe your prayer point every single day during this 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I hope you're taking that seriously if you want to see God move in your life because it, it works. Prayer and fasting works. Give it a try. It's just like tithing. Give it a shot. I promise you God moves. But maybe your, your prayer is, God, just show me what you want to do with me this year. Maybe he's going to provoke you to stretch and maybe some of you have businesses, but God wants you to diversify and go in some other directions and and, and begin to, I I even think I'm speaking prophetically to some of you that God wants you to do maybe more and God wants to give you more. And you go, well, I can't handle it. Yeah, but hold on. If God wants to do it, he'll give you the grace for it. Yeah, he'll give you the grace for it. This year, the Lord told me we, that we need to travel out. We're, Liz and I are in the process right now of recording a single. And and I, I right now, I'm like, I'm watching a church. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God is showing us that when we walk by faith and not by sight, it's amazing what he'll do. You've got to be obedient. When God settles it, God says it, that settles it. That's right. I'm going way off the cuff today. That's all right, right? Yeah. Faith is being sure of what I'm hoping for. It's so the antithesis would be to be unsure of what you're hoping for. And so we need to make sure that we settle this in our hearts, that God, I need you to reveal this to me. And you know what? He, He might not show you right away. It might take some time. He rewards those that seek him with diligence. So be diligent and be faithful even in the waiting, even if you're not sure. But this year, I believe that God is going to show you. I believe God's going to reveal some things. I believe he's going to remove the veil that maybe you've been struggling with. And I've declared this verse over this church, and that means every one of you individually. This verse, Haggai 2.9, it's, it's our theme verse for this year. That the future glory of this church will be greater than its past glory. Amen. Yeah. Now, everybody understand, that's not this building, that's us. So what that's saying is there's greater things that are coming than what we've seen in the past. I firmly believe that. You go, well, it looks glim, though, in the natural when I look at things. And, you know, right now there's, there's, there's been a handoff. There's been a lot of people in the former generation that are passing away. And uh, right now I'm watching it in, in churches where there's a lot of pastors that are handing the baton on to the next generation. God is doing some things where He's positioning. And this year is about positioning, it's about positioning. But you've got to know that you know that you know that you know that what God speaks to your heart, that that settles it when God speaks it. And be obedient and don't grow weary in well-doing. For in the right season, you will reap the reward. You will be rewarded when you exercise your faith. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen. Hosea 2, verse 14 to 15. This is our our anthem verse as a church now here's what i'm going to do i'm going to start all over again i'll t- turn heartbreak valley into acres of hope as a church we named the church hope covenant and i, I told you last week i'm going to do a series on covenant where i talk about what that word means obviously you know what the word hope means but i'm going to start all over again oftentimes when people walk through the door of, of, of church they're hurting and they're broken I think many of you sitting here have been hurting and, you know, God, God does a breaking in us. That's a wonderful thing when we allow God in those broken moments to move in our hearts. God can hit reset and anything that you've done to jack up your past, God can actually work those things together for the good, according to those that love him. That's the beauty of God. And there's a generation that needs to know that. I know people, a lot of people, how many of you have ever met anybody who's staying away from church because they feel guilty? And maybe you all have stayed away from church because you feel guilty. That's the moment to run into the doors of the temple. Because if you're in the right church, they're going to welcome you with open arms and say, it's good to have you. It doesn't matter. Because, but God. This year, you need to begin to declare, but God. Oh, it doesn't look good. But God. My checkbook says, blah, blah, blah. But I want you to understand with that the anthem verse that, that our vision as a church, I talked to you about the no God, that's the, that's the encounter, find freedom, that's getting freed of, of, of things that hold you back from the fullness of God and from your purpose and then to discover our purpose and then go out and fulfill the Great Commission and make a difference. So that's our vision as a church. It's encounter, no God, find freedom, getting free, discovering our purpose and what God's called us to, our giftings, and then going out and using that for something more than me. Amen? And so this, this vision statement we created, and it's important that you know this. You go, why are you saying all this? Is this a commercial for the church? It's a commercial for who we are as a body. We want to see God's presence transform lives, giving hope and setting people free to fulfill their destiny in covenant relationship with Christ Jesus. That's our statement as a church. It's on, our, it's on the all this is on the front page of our website. If you go there, why is it important for me to know that? Because the church starts with everybody say me, and then when we all come together, that makes the the puzzle picture it, it looks it looks complete at that point. I want to say this about goals and putting goals together because I've been encouraging you guys to do that, and I'm almost done. I'm almost about to wrap up today. That when you put down a plan, a lot of people are, are afraid to put down goals or a plan because how many of y'all have started that January diet and by February you're sitting there eating Oreos? <laughs> Anybody else but me. So oftentimes we're like, whatever, it's not worth it because I don't want to be disappointed. But I want to say this, that failure isn't when you don't reach your goal. It's when you don't have one. Okay? We, are, we will oftentimes fall short of things, but you got to have a plan. Just put it down. Listen to the Lord and put it down. And if you're not where you want to be, you kind of gauge things maybe month to month or however you operate. I I tend to look at things. I keep journals of things. I want to encourage y'all this year very practically that if you don't have a Bible and a journal, y'all need to get one. Because it's important that we read the word and then we journal what we believe we're hearing from God, that we can look back and see if we've made progress on those things, or maybe I need to work on this, or maybe God's showing me something that I forgot. It's important that you journal. You go, well, that's not really revelation. Well, maybe it is because maybe like me, you've gotten lazy and and not journaled in a while. The Lord encouraged me every day to keep a journal. I keep one on my phone. I have something called Evernote. Anybody familiar with Evernote? So yeah, anybody that's like younger is like, yes, I use that a lot. Um, there's notes on your phone. No matter what it is, it, I encourage you, keep a journal, whether digital or, or whether you're, you're a pen, paper guy. I love pen and paper. I'm, I'm getting back into that a little bit. I'm a lefty, so when I go across the page, I smear. It's part of my gifting. It's all, yeah, thank you. Um, Whoever that was, that's what exactly I have pen like all over my hand, so I just tend to type it out. Well, you find what works for you. Also, I want to address this a lot of people have been asking me about doing devotions. Are you a morning devotion guy? Or are you an evening devotion guy? A lot of people encourage you to start your day in the Word. I encourage you to start your day in prayer and say good morning to the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to do that. But I want to tell you this I am not a morning person, everything is dead to me in the morning. I I don't work till like, um, it's a miracle that we do Sunday morning service. Because I really am at my peak when service ends. Like around 12 o'clock when the sun is nice and warm, that's when I start to wake up. And three cups of coffee later. Amen. Somebody give me an amen right there. Jesus said, look, Hebrews is in the Bible, okay? So I'm just saying, whatever. Don't, Don't quote me on that theology. So if you get more out of scripture in the nighttime, don't be religious about it. Read it at night when you're awake. I hear from God, I take a shower usually around a certain time and then I hang out and I, I sit on my chair in my office and that's usually when I hear from God, from the shower on. Because that's when I'm like really alert and, and I'm in tune. And God speaks to me. Some of the greatest things I've heard from the Lord are in those moments, You go, well, this is very practical. It is very practical. I want you to hear from God. And if you don't, all you have to do is ask him in those quiet moments, Lord, open my ears so I can hear your voice. If you don't, the greatest thing you need to envision this year is to hear from God and ask and ask and ask until you hear his voice. Because how many of you know that when you hear his voice, that's where hope comes in? You're developing that covenant relationship with God, and He starts to breathe hope and start. You start to dream again, and you start to get creative. You know, worship music in the church has been lacking. It's been like the same. I was talking with a producer this week. It's like the same sound over and over and over again. And so, a lot of people are turning to secular music and not listening to. He goes, "What do you think the reason for that is?" Uh, it's very simple. We're not pressing in in intimate moments with God where we get that creative, that the breath of God, the pneuma of God where, where we can feel his breath and we receive those. Cre- we need to make time so we can see creative back. How many of you are, are tired of Rocky 35? We need some new movies in the industry. That happens through revival, through the presence of God and an awakening. We've got to take this industry back. How are we going to do it? When we get personal vision and we're obedient, God starts to move. His creativity starts to move through us. I will tell you this about this church, because and I'm going to close right here, because we are a, a, a church of vision that we're going to be a creative church. I want to see God move through the arts, which is why it's so awesome that I have Josh and Daniel and, and Seth and, and Kai and, and all, all y'all that are a part of all this. I, I'm so grateful for y'all because I believe that we're going to see God move through the arts because this is a worship church. I believe God's going to move through intercession and prayer. I believe we're going to see amazing, I believe we're going to see dramas happen in this church. I believe we're going to see some amazing things happen where God gives us strategy to reach a generation in a creative way that would not be reached otherwise. But what's that going to take? It's going to take, everybody take your finger and point it at you. It's going to take me pressing in. Say that, it's going to take me pressing in. You could hear God's voice and you can journal that stuff and say, okay, God, you've given me a vision. Now move. Because if we don't have a plan, guys, we're going to fail just because we don't have a plan. Man makes his plans, but then God ordains our steps. I want to talk, not next week. I've got a guest speaker coming in next week. And y'all, I want to encourage you to invite people. uh, The guest speaker that's speaking next week, uh, I don't know how many of you know David and Jason Benham. And there's a gentleman named Jason Dillinger who actually speaks for and with them. And he'll be here next week. And he's going to talk about vision for Marketplace and how to get into the Marketplace and outside these walls. How to strategize what to do and how to see God move through you in 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 an environment that God has given only you specifically. How many of you know you have a sphere that only you can reach? But to whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. So when you go out there, if you're not spreading the character and the message of Jesus, you're not making the mark. The Great Commission is not an option if you're a Christian. And if it's not a burden and it's not a conviction, and I'm going to talk about that next week or the week after when I talk about Moses. Uh, if you, you need to ask God to convict you for that. That God would give you a heart and a passion for the lost. We're going to cry out for souls at our corporate prayer. We're going to bring souls to connect with community during our fellowships. Again, while we're pitching vision, we have youth ministry. It's going to be happening every Wednesday. We have corporate prayer the first Thursday of every month, and we have fellowships the third Thursday of of every month. And it's important that you're here because community, it connects us, and we go deep in conversation. As we grow as a church, we're going to do life groups or small groups or whatever we're going to call them. home groups where we're going to meet in our houses. We'll never have a midweek service at this church, but I want to do community because in the book of Acts, when there was community, there was common unity amongst the people. They were doing life together. God breathed. And then in this temple, they experienced a supernatural outpouring and in their homes. And that's part of the beauty even of my parents testimony that it was called the charismatic renewal back when when before I was even I was I was just a, I was out picking up sticks somewhere in the woods before me and my parents were doing community with co- actually some of their best friends who had kids are here in this church right now, Kristen and Patrick. For anybody who know, and it's amazing what God did during that renewal. But they were doing community together, authentic relationship, like what Josh and Seth do when they get together and just have coffee together. That's that's a godly thing when we commune and we challenge and we provoke each other, and then God starts to move. And we listen. If it's not a part of your conversation where you talk about the things of God, change that, because when you start to talk about God moving and what God's doing, and, the, and Scripture, and looking deep into Scripture. Josh and I were having a conversation about that just last week. We didn't get together this week because life went cray-cray, but that's okay. We'll do it in the future. We started talking about the things of God. If you're not passionate about those conversations in your everyday relationship, you're not utilizing the tool that God's given you. Because in the book of Acts, when that happened, there was a major explosion and outpouring of God's presence in His Spirit and the supernatural happened, and tongues, and fire, and all this crazy stuff that you read about in Acts, and we're going to look at that. Guys, I want a church that's not a normal church, but a church that when people drive past it, they can sense the presence of God, because the people in here, we're contending for a move of his spirit. We're contending. We're asking. We're knocking on the door during corporate prayer saying, God, would you notice the people who collectively come with a common interest of you and only you, your kingdom come, your will be done, your plans and your purposes. Do you trust the Lord? Are you excited? Are you stirring up your faith? And are you provoking other people in your faith, in your most holy faith? We're supposed to provoke each other. So here's what I want to encourage you with as I wrap up today. I believe this is going to be a great year. But as we turn to prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to ask God what it is that he wants to do that's beyond your ability. That he wants to take you above and beyond to do something that only he can do in and then through you. And give you a sphere, give you people, and put people in your path that you can begin to, sh- to spread the good news and the message of hope and the, and the covenant relationship that we have with Jesus with someone else. So let's just stand to our feet this morning. Father, I thank you for every person that's in here. Lord, that you would make the vision clear and that we would write it down. And Lord, I thank you for a year. Every person in here, just lift your hand if, if you're here this morning. I thank you, God, as we're lifting our hands. God, that you would begin to do amazing things that are beyond our own ability this year. Lord, that you're sending us out, that we would pray over the sick and see them recover that we would grab the hands of somebody who's broken and lost and lead them to a relationship with you, a life-saving relationship and an encounter with you. Lord, I thank you for folks that are that are suicidal and and and, and, and just depressed, that we would begin to, to spread the message and, and the character and the, of who you are through us, that we would see them changed and experience hope, and that you would turn that around for joy, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I just declare over every person that's here this morning a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Say that out loud. I declare praise that takes a hold and turns around heaviness. I take authority over fear. I take authority over anxiety. I take authority over every thought that does not line up with your thoughts, Lord. And I thank you, God, for a year of joy, hope, and supernatural in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you put your hands together this morning and give God a shout of praise. I'm believing God for a year where He will do what only He can do. And guys, when I look in your eyes, I see people who are called and destined for great things. So I want to encourage you with that. Come next week, come the week after. We're going to spend this month on vision. How many of you are enjoying this? Listen, I, I, I'm feeling the Lord, y'all. I'm feeling the Lord. I'm telling you, something's going to happen this year. Get excited. Get your expectors up. Stir your faith. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week. Love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.